0: So we are continuing our worship series on beautiful and inspiring relationships in the Bible. And so today, we are reading about the relationships between a mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law. And those are not always relationships that are celebrated in modern culture, or they're relationships that have become satire and comedic fodder. But today, these are a beautiful portrayal of something even more profound— So up on the altar, I have kind of a little depiction here of Naomi who is trying to return to her homeland of Judah, and Ruth who is clinging to her, physically holding on to her. And the story is one that might miss us if we don't get really into the depths of it. This is a story about a family that has faced incredible hardship, and because of it, they have kind of lost their tether to their people These were a people who were of the Israelites. They were part of the covenant of Mount Sinai. But then a famine struck the land. It was a tragedy. It would be the equivalent of all the jobs have dried up and we have to go somewhere else to make a living. And so Ruth, Naomi, and her husband packed up their sons and moved to an entirely different country. And this is not a country that had a good relationship with the people of Israel, This was a country that is often in direct conflict with them. And so they go there seeking refuge. And while they're there, something horrible happens. Naomi's husband dies. And fortunately, her sons were of age that they could continue to take care of her. And so they took wives of the Moabite people. Now, this is something you weren't supposed to do as an Israelite. There are many proclamations about avoiding foreign women... For them. And the reason was that the belief was that if you married a foreign woman, not only would you be tainted from her culture, but you would also be exposed to her religious ways that were not yours. And so there was a prohibition just stay away from that. That's a bad idea. And yet, here were these two that took Moabite women for their wives. And they lived this way as a family. And the, the irony is that the oldest son would have then become the acting patriarch in the family. So he would have been the one that held all the land, any property that they owned, any financial resources were under his watch. And he was probably married to Orpah because her name is listed first. But then, tragically, both of Naomi's sons die. And now all three of them, Naomi, Orpa, and Ruth, are widows. And Orpah and Ruth are probably still very young. They're probably teenagers, very young adults, and their husbands would have been older, as was the culture of that time. And so Naomi has this horrible thing facing her. Women who were widowed and didn't have adult sons to take care of them were walking into a death sentence. There was no social security. There were no retirement accounts. This was not a time and a place where people had some kind of social safety net And if your male providers were gone, you were probably going to be following shortly thereafter. And so Naomi thinks this is the end of her life. She thinks that she's got no way to get food, she's got no way to survive, and she has these two daughters-in-law, although they are no longer daughters-in-law, for their husbands are gone. As far as legalized and as far as the way we think of family, their connection has been severed. And yet the text is still kind of clinging to the relationship that was. And then suddenly she decides, well, if I'm going to die, I might as well go back to my home country and do it there. So she heads home, and Orpah and Ruth follow. But then she looks at them and says, why should you go my way? Why should you suffer because I am going to suffer? Why should you have the threat of death because I am going back to a completely dark future? And so she tries to set them free, encourages them, go home. You're still young enough to marry. You didn't have children. So technically, you could still start a new life. It's not too late for you. But they don't want to leave her. They cling to her. Perhaps they cling because they know what she is facing. Perhaps they cling to her because they actually did have a good relationship. Or perhaps it's because this is what we know here and now. And it's scary to even go home. But for whatever reason, she tries to convince them to go back. Do not follow me. And Orpah tearfully, as the text tells us, goes home. And then she turns to Ruth and she says, go after her. Go back to your life. Your life is not over. There is still hope for you. But Ruth won't leave. And then she issues one of the most beautiful covenants. In fact, this is a covenant that has waves of popularity in weddings. I can't tell you how many times it's either this or 1 Corinthians. Neither of which are about romantic love. Neither of those passages, neither this one from Ruth nor that one in 1 Corinthians, are about people who are married. But the love that is described there, the love that is ordained there, is so beautiful and profound that often that is what we yearn for, for weddings. And that's why that's what people have read in their wedding ceremonies. And so listen to it once more. Ruth says to Naomi, do not press me to leave you or turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried." And may the Lord do such and so to me and much more as well if even death parts me from you. And you can see why there are plenty of married couples who thought that that was an inspiring thing. But what Ruth is saying is, I am willing to be so committed to you, Naomi, that I will adopt your life. I will adopt your people, your religion, your culture your journey, your path, I will be committed to you. And not even death is going to stop that commitment. And that's an incredible, incredible relationship unfolding. That two people who are not related by blood, two people who are no longer related legally by marriage, would choose to enter into this relationship. Although, as you can tell, Naomi's a little weary of this. Imagine knowing that you're taking a young woman back with you and that she might die in a foreign land and that she is a foreigner and so she might get ridiculed, she might be persecuted because she is not one of your people. But Ruth has made it very clear with her words and her physical presence that she is not going to leave. She is going to follow Naomi and Naomi sees that it's pointless to argue with her, so fine, let's go. And they will go back. Now, the book of Ruth is not really long. In fact, I've done multiple Bible studies where you can actually get through it and talk about it and and respond to it in less than an hour. So I encourage you to go and read what happens. But the moral of the story is this, that we are able to offer a commitment to another person who might not be our family who might not be part of anything that we have known before. They might not be from our hometown. They might not be from our home country. They might not be Christians as we are. They might not even be of the same culture. They might seem to be a completely different person. But we can be committed to one another in a way that will transform the future. And not just our future. It's not just about choosing to be in a relationship with another person. Because Ruth is vitally important in the Bible. Not only does she have her own book, one of only two named for a woman, but she will become part of the lineage of Jesus. How amazing is that! That she is one of the names that is listed as those who their testimony, their way of life, their commitment to a relationship, not just with another human being but with God Almighty, is going to be so fruitful that it will impact us. Even now as we read about the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That she is part of that. Ultimate redemption. To not just be named in the Bible. Not to just have a book of the Bible named after you. But to be part of the lineage of the Messiah. And she's able to do that because Naomi cracks just a little. Naomi realizes, you know what, it's pointless. We'll get there, she'll realize, she'll go home, whatever. But really, in that moment, that moment of uncertainty, the door opens just a little bit and by her willingness to at first only accommodate Ruth, Naomi's life is going to be transformed. The end of her life that she thought she knew, that she thought she saw, is not what will happen at all. Her entire world is about to be changed because of a foreign woman who will not let her go alone. And that is what God has been asking disciples of Jesus Christ to do For almost 2,000 years. To look at another person and to be willing to go to the end of their days and beyond. Because let's not forget that as Christians, we don't believe that it's over when we die. We believe that there will be a day of resurrection. That all of us will meet again. And not only will we meet again, but we will be stuck with each other for all eternity. So you might want to forge some good relationships now. It's an idea that we can actually change the future together. That two people who are so different, so divergent, and yet what do they have in common? They've suffered the same pain. They know the same loss. And out of their tragedy, out of their sorrow and their mourning, God transforms and redeems those horrific experiences and loss. And where there was a hole in their hearts and a void in their lives, they come together. And they care for one another. And the world will never be the same. Now maybe you're thinking, I'm not Ruth, and I'm not Naomi, and how am I ever going to change the world? You never know. You never know who the child that you help in church or the youth that you become bonded to through youth ministry or the young adult that you encounter in a Bible study or the person that you become invested in because you both always sit in the same pew all the time. That those people, that perhaps it's not happenstance that you come together. Maybe it's not just a serendipity that you continually run into each other. Maybe the Holy Spirit is nudging you as it's nudging them, and you come together and you experience something so profound that there is a book in the Bible dedicated to it. The book of Ruth isn't about just the person Ruth, it's about the relationship that Ruth creates. And you'll notice that there were so many times in there where Naomi was like, Go away! <laughs> go home, leave me alone, stop following me. But Ruth will not be dissuaded. Perhaps she feels something, maybe she knows something, maybe she really loves Naomi that much, maybe she's just sure that for reasons that she can't even quite articulate that this is what she needs to do and so she perseveres and she keeps pushing and staying there. And you can just picture Naomi being like, if you don't go home, I'm going to lose it right here. (laughs) And I'm sure there were times, I mean, the journey gets very quick in the Bible. I'm sure there were times where she was like, why are you still here? (laughs) I am frustrated. I am angry. But Ruth won't leave. And then when they get back to their home country, all of a sudden, Naomi has to start looking after Ruth. And Ruth starts doing things to provide for herself and Naomi. And their relationship, their struggle to survive, becomes one where they realize, whether we chose it or not, whether this is what we envisioned for one another or not, we are here. And we're not going to abandon each other. We're going to stay connected. We're going to stay together. We are going to continue this until there is no longer breath in our body. Because this is where we are now. And they were that dedicated to their relationship. And that's an opportunity for us. Sometimes, depending on our culture within the United States, we feel that our strongest relationships are with those to whom we have a genetic tie or those to whom we marry into their family. Now, back in these days, Ruth and Orpah actually lost their connection to their family. Back in those days, when you married into another family as a a woman, when you got married, you were no longer part of your family. You truly became part of that family. So, in their mindset, Naomi wasn't their mother in law. Naomi became their mother, their honorary mother. And they adopted her, and they decided that they were going to stay. And while she wants for them to have some hope, she's not a completely selfish old woman by any means, she asks them to go back and to find a way to live. And Orpah does, and that's the it. That's it. We never hear anything else about Orpah. But Ruth, because she boldly decides to enter into a relationship, because she will not resign herself to go home chooses a completely different path so if there's someone in your life someone you keep bumping into someone you keep wondering god why do i keep seeing this person all the time maybe god is offering you the chance to be a ruth maybe god is offering you a chance to be a naomi maybe god is offering all of us an opportunity to experience a kind of relationship that is so profound and so redemptive and so transformative that they will write books about it in the future and that people thousands of years from now will hear about that story and they will find hope. They will see God at work and they will recognize that it all began with a relationship. And that's precisely what Christ has given to us. Not just a relationship with God Not just forgiveness so that we can be reconciled to our God, but Christ has given us the opportunity to be with people that we might never have chosen. That we might never have imagined that we would be with. And sometimes we think, well, you know, as we get older, then it's my responsibility to mentor somebody. But sometimes what it's our responsibility to do is to open our hearts to see what a relationship could be. They continue to kind of flip-flop in the story of Ruth. Who is in charge and who is providing? Who is the one that is leading them and who is the one that is choosing to find hope? And some days it's Naomi. And some days it's Ruth. And when you continue to read that story, which I hope you will, when you read the book of Ruth, what you're going to find is that you could be Ruth. That you could be Naomi. Or perhaps you'll find yourself being some of the people of Bethlehem who go, this is a weird relationship and this is this, just this, this, this odd. But they thought it was odd. They thought it was weird. They thought these two don't go together. Why would they ever choose one another? And sometimes it's not that they chose one another, it's that one chose the other. And if you've ever been chosen, then you know. You know how beautiful it is to have somebody choose you. And isn't it time for us to show another person that we can choose them too? That we can open up our hearts, we can share with them how we think and how we feel. If necessary, we will share what we have. But together we will grow, not just toward one another, but toward God at the same time. And perhaps that will not only sustain both of us, But it will encourage others to take that radical step to choose to be authentic and vulnerable with another person with whom they do not have to be this way. And in the end, those relationships are the ones that really change not just our lives, but they change the world around us. And for some of us, we find that they change the world. So may it be so. May we find hope and courage in the relationship of two unlikely women that clung to each other in their time of need and have become a hope for generations that when someone chooses you, you can do anything. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.